Things Unsaid, Episode 13, April Showers. ready to go in here. Are you and Cole coming? Cole is grabbing some water. I'll get his attention. I can hear you. Hearing aids tonight? I want my hands free to text while we play. Is it a girl? Shut up. Ooh. Children. Let me turn off the TV though if we're using the hearing aids. I'm right though. You already know I went to prom with Lauren. Cute hearing girl, yeah. You haven't even met her. Not officially, but I saw her say goodbye to you. Have I played this game before? It's Settlers of Catan, Dad. We played it on my birthday last year. Oh, yeah. And I won, too. Yes, somehow. So I'm bringing my A-game this time. Don't get comfortable. Cole, why don't you go first? Don't mind if I do. Hey, Dad, if I want to build a road, do I have to get approval from your office first? (laughs) Yes. And the application process is three to eight weeks. Three to eight? That's such a wide range. You're preaching to the choir. I tell you, don't get a job in government, kids. I don't plan to. Too late. How are things over at the office? Oh, you know, it never really changes. One of the racket clubs in town wants to move its clubhouse, but the only place it could go is within 50 yards of wetlands. They're taking it to the Zoning Board of Appeals, and I've got to come up with a compelling reason why the clubhouse should stay where it is. Making enemies, Dad? Unfortunately... Our membership application to the High Bridge Racket Club isn't looking hopeful. What even are wetlands, and why can't you build that close to them? It's a rare ecosystem that houses dozens of endangered or otherwise threatened species. We don't typically allow anyone to build within 50 yards of what we deem wetlands to protect the ecosystem from unintended consequences of construction. Um, if that's a six, I get stoned from that, right? Yes, but it's technically or. Only cops call it ore. It's stone. Does Detective Wilson call it ore? If I ever play Catan with him, I'll let you know. I'd like to buy a Devo card. Don't dodge the question, Paige. What are you doing with him? I'm trying to find Mom. Cole, leave it. Your sister isn't doing anything dangerous. Right? No, of course not. I just think that he could use some help is all. Now that I've seen all the bureaucracy that goes into solving a case. And he's listening to me, more importantly. He could have just told me to get lost. And that's what I'm here for. Exactly. It just seems weird to me. Oh, it's weird. But unlike you, I don't have anything else to do. Just for the record, I am worried. Nobody's trying to say you're not, Cole. We're all worried out of our minds. Paige just doesn't have school or a full-time job. Yeah, I just wish I could be doing more. Well, if Detective Wilson ever needs another body, I'll send him your way. Word choice, P. What do you mean? A body? I have much more to offer. Mm, We'll see how this game goes. Maybe I'll find another way of helping. I like that. Think outside the box. 
Also, think about where you're going to move that robber. Cool, have you applied to any colleges? I'm moving him here. Paige, I'll be taking a card from you. Just don't take my wood. And answer the question. It's too early to actually apply, and I don't plan on applying anywhere early action anyway, so I got a while. Will you apply to Gallaudet? I will, but I'm not sure if I want to go to a deaf school. I've been doing fine here. And besides, I don't know if I want to be in D.C., but who knows. I haven't visited yet. Maybe I'll love it? That's fair. D.C. can be a weird place, but your mother and I really liked it. Where else are you thinking? Well, it's kind of hard because I don't know what I want to study, so I'm not picking for a program. It's just a shot in the dark. Yeah, but are you really excited about anywhere? Like, a place? I don't know. With everything going on, it's hard to get excited. Come on, Cole. You can still be excited about school. Well, I want to apply to Kenyon. College, town, new surroundings. Still, decently close, though. Any other city schools? I was thinking about applying to NYU. Why? Why? Yeah, I just thought it would be like a meme. (laughs) Save your creativity. Apply to Columbia if you want to be in New York. Listen to your sister. I'm not spending money on joke applications. I rolled a two. Is anyone built on that? I am. Thanks for the sheet. You're welcome. Is that all? Well, what do we think about California? No one actually likes it out there. They just feel like they have to because they bit the bullet and moved. (laughs) Okay, well maybe I'd like to see it for myself. Maybe we can take a vacation there this summer? Paige, it's summer right now. I don't see our family going anywhere. But you said- Don't try and lure me on this one, Paige. When your mom comes back, I want all of us to stay home together. So we're never going to California? That's not what I said either. God, you two are impossible today. Then what are you saying? I'm confused. I'm just saying we can't do a family trip until we find your mom. There's no point in a family trip without the full family. That's fair. I'm sorry. It's it's okay. And if you really want our trip to be California, I won't complain much. Much? I encourage my children to learn from their mistakes. Then you should have learned to stop me after my last turn, because I now have the longest road. Oh dang it. I thought I told you there was an application process for this. The zoning board appeals get the final say on that, apparently. <laughs> Unfortunately. The town does have the power to supersede environmental procedures. Most of the time, I'm able to talk them down, but not always. Like the CDC facility out there you keep asking about, Paige. What? Yeah, it's built almost right on top of the protected land. I'm not sure why they need to build it where it is, but every time they want to put so much up as a fence, my office hears about it. Apparently, the exact location is vital to their work. That's interesting. Don't get distracted. I'm predicting my victory in seven turns. I was hoping I'd distract you with Paige's conspiracy theories. They're not... Okay, you have to at least admit there's something weird about that place. Yes, your life is very spooky. Give me the dice, please. In all seriousness, I'm worried you're going to get yourself into trouble. Those people have no sense of humor. I, I doubt they'll find your investigation endearing. I already promised you I wouldn't be trespassing. Trespassing? How much crazy talk do I miss when I don't have my hearing aids in? Are you living a full double life in between signing with me? You weren't around for this conversation, don't worry. I'm not upset. I'm making fun of you. (laughs) (laughs) It is a bizarre situation, I'll give her that. Boogie government building being a pain in everyone else's ass? Pretty much. The government's always weird and cagey. I think you're building this up too much. That's because you haven't dealt with the employees firsthand. They're probably just messing with you. If I were a government employee, that's what I'd do. You're not that good an actor. 
Um, you're talking to the lead of the middle school musical and the senior year class president. I'm great in front of crowds. Speaking of school, how is your finance courses going, Cole? Um, not great. I got a C on the last quiz. Hmm. Could have been worse. Yeah, it's just hard to focus these days, you know? Between mom and college, every time I sit down, I feel like there's something else I should be doing, so nothing ever gets done. Well, if you can retake it in the second half of the summer, or even push it to fall if you need. I was expecting you to be a little more upset. You're right, though, Cole. It's hard to focus. Obviously, I want you to get good grades and get into a top-choice school, but we've all got a lot on our plates here. There's a section on college applications to explain extenuating circumstances. Yeah. We've got to look out for each other. You ended last semester solidly. Yeah, thanks to all the extensions I got from my English paper. I think I'm going to need to get some of my elective credits waived, too. That sounds okay. Yeah. But my final for finance is coming up next week, and I don't feel ready at all. And God knows I didn't do well on my AP exams. I can help you study. Really? Yeah. Like I said, I haven't had much going on besides helping Benji with the case. Oh, first name basis with the cops now, It's not are we? like that. The most important thing here is that we don't let your mother's absence ruin your future. I believe she'll come back soon, and when that happens, you'll feel pretty silly if you let your grades slip because of it. You really think she's coming back? Of course I do. If she doesn't walk in through the door on her own, Detective Wilson and Paige will turn her up somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. You're welcome. I also just got the longest road. What? When? <laughs> I guess I win. Start week 25. Spring break is back in full bloom, with warm weather and endless skies returning after what felt like the longest winter yet. Every class becomes a plea to let us study outside in the courtyard. The half hour we had for lunch was never enough time to enjoy the warmer afternoons. Elise argued quite passionately that our transcendentalism unit would be more effective with the sun and the grass. Tommy and Ethan seemed to be mostly of the opinion that we shouldn't let good trees waste all their shade. But Mrs. Cole realized pretty fast that the boys really just planned on climbing the trees and avoiding last-minute preparations for the AP exams. As a result... Puffy clouds taunted us as they drifted over our stuffy, desk-filled classrooms, flaunting their freedom as we outlined various literary devices and beautiful imagery we had no way to experience firsthand. It seemed more poignant as a result of every longing glance every one of us sent out the window every few minutes. Normally, I would have been debating right along with my peers, but I woke up feeling lethargic and queasy. I'd been having allergies the past few days from the beginning of spring blooms, and waved it off as nothing more than a side effect of poor sleeping and being busy in San Diego. The sunshine and distance was, in fact, exactly what I needed to put the whole event at the compound behind me. Or as behind me as I can manage while still keeping my guard up for the suit man to suddenly appear. I also allowed myself to be distracted by fun with my cousins and spoiled rotten by my grandparents, who were so proud of me for getting into what they assume is my dream college. It was a nice week, and my mysterious illness was fortunately written off as a 24-hour bug. But for every good thing I experienced there, I guess karma was waiting for me when I came home. I wished a groggy good morning to Mom, who immediately went to feel my forehead and fuss around me as I made myself cereal. 
I was in the middle of insisting I was just tired when she called upstairs, and Dad came down with the aspirin. I took two in order to appease her before pushing my way out the door and hopping in the car. I can't miss school for a little hay fever. I barely slid into my seat before the final bell rang. Corey asked if I was okay, and Maggie kindly pointed out in chem that I did not look so great. Again, the chem room is usually cold, so I simply stole Tommy's sweatshirt when I started getting chills and thought nothing of it until lunch. I managed a single bite of my sandwich before the inevitable occurred and I was forced to rush to the nearest bathroom. Sadly, the nearest bathroom to the calf is also the one connected to the locker room, and as soon as I thought I had emptied my stomach, the combined odors of gym socks and about a hundred girls' perfumes set me off again. The door opened slowly, and I saw Maggie and Sarah Marie's shoes tiptoeing towards my pathetic, crumpled form. Elise cannot be around sick people and gets nauseous even seeing someone throwing up in movies, so Maggie explained that she was collecting my things from my locker and loading them into my car. Clearly, this was not allergies, and Sarah Marie pointed out that I had gov next, and Jones made me ill on a good day. I laughed weakly, but truth be told, I wasn't about to fight her to let me stay. I had felt my bed calling to me for the better part of an hour. Classic of me to actually get sick a week after faking it from my parents. The two girls helped me up and over to the water fountain. At that point, the bell for the end of lunch rang, and the locker room began to fill with the freshman class. Sarah Marie promised she would deliver our excuses so that Maggie could walk me to my car. It was all very impressively organized. Once I got to the car, I thanked Maggie for the help and assured her I could get myself home. She still seemed worried and insisted she would check on me after school and before she had to be back at the theater. The drive was uncomfortable, but I had nothing left to expel, so to speak, and I made it to the driveway without incident. I parked the car and walked straight in after killing the engine. I left my backpack and supplies in the passenger seat, exhausted by the mere thought of carrying them. Once inside, I stumbled through the kitchen, taking another dose of aspirin to kill the fever I'm sure I had, before curling up under a blanket on the couch, wrapped around a pot, just in case. Dad was obviously at the office today, and Mom must have been scheduled at the library because I had the house to myself. I knew if I called Mom, she would come home and make me soup like she used to but I'm old enough to take care of myself until she's home. Plus, I knew she would worry over how sick I've appeared this month anyway. I turned on the TV to watch some cartoons and fell asleep before the first Scooby-Doo episode was over. Dad came home first, I think, but I didn't hear the garage door open in my sleep. I was gently shaken awake by him and informed that Mom was on her way home to take me to the doctor. I knew it was just a bug, so Dr. Marlowe wouldn't be able to help much, but I was told no bug lasts this long. To them, I had been sick for over two weeks, so I understood their concern. And to be honest, I didn't have the energy to come up with something better, so I allowed myself to be taken to the family doctor. I was right that he had nothing to add, so Mom reluctantly took me back home and let me stay on the couch eating ice chips and apple juice. This episode of Things Unsaid was written by Joseph Alehoag and Julia Duffy. It was directed by J. Michael DeAngelis and edited by Daniel Farrell. Compositions by Daniel Farrell. The part of Paige was played by Julia Duffy. The part of Don Gilbert, or Dad, was played by Ace McCarthy. 
The part of Cole Gilbert was played by Devin Pacheco. Want to show your support for this show? Tell your friends about Things Unsaid and don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Unsaid Podcast. Interested in advertising on this podcast? Please send all inquiries to one of our social media pages. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.